day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. I want to remind you of the WDET Book Club and our selection for 2020, which is Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, a novel I first read in high school and then reread just a few years ago. It is one of my favorite stories about race and inequality and unbridled bigotry in the United States. Uh, Published in 1952 and the winner of the National Book Award, this novel tells the story of a young, nameless black man who travels through his life and through the country experiencing the unbelievable brutality and the isolation and, of course, the invisibility of being black in American society. Throughout the summer, we are going to examine the issues and the concepts that Ellison wrote about and how they relate to the things that we're talking about here in 2020. And you can, of course, take part in ongoing conversations on the WDET Facebook page. To find out more, go to the go to WDET.org slash book club or go to Facebook and join the book club. We already have more than 400 people who have signed up to be part of that conversation, so it should be a robust one uh, over the next few months. We will get started with segments on the show and Facebook uh, interactions next week after the July 4th holiday. Up first today, Michigan has been home to some of the highest auto insurance rates in the country for years. Here in Detroit, some people pay as much for auto insurance every year as they do for their mortgages. Last year, in an attempt to change all of that, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Republican leaders did what a lot of state capital observers thought was impossible. They reached a deal to overhaul Michigan's auto insurance system in order to try to bring rates down. Now, that was over a year ago, and finally, those changes are taking effect. Tomorrow is the day that drivers will see what all this means for them. Will it be enough to significantly reduce rates for drivers and make people feel like driving is affordable? Or do we need to do more? That is where we begin the conversation this morning with the changes to our auto insurance laws and the hope that people will start to pay less for insurance than they do for other big ticket items in their lives. And joining us to help uh, sort through what the changes are and what people will see is Chad Livengood. He is the senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. Chad, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So let's start here. What changes tomorrow? Literally, what are the changes that the legislature and the governor affected? Well, for the first time since 1973, motorists will be able to choose the level of medical coverage that they purchase on their auto insurance plans. This is known as personal injury protection or PIP. And they will be able to go to different levels of uh, basically sort of an a la carte options uh, for health insurance. They'll be able to either maintain the unlimited medical, which is 
entirely unique. Michigan's the only co- state in the country that has this. Or they'd be able to buy a $500,000 plan, a $250,000 plan, or for some folks uh, on Medicaid uh, in so- certain conditions, and it's complicated, they'll be able to get a $50,000 plan. Or if they um, com- uh, want to and they have qualified health insurance through like their employer, they'll be, a- be able to opt out of PIP altogether. Um, and PIP is a big portion of your of your insurance. It it varies. In the city of Detroit, it can be seventy five percent of the insurance uh, co- costs. In some you know suburban area, it may be thirty percent. Um, and that's one of the the big um, sort of unknowns here is how does this how does this law actually um, reduce insurance bills across the board? Uh, it's it's not it's not complicated. It almost varies uh, zip code to zip code. Yeah, uh, I, there are some trepidation about these choices that people are being given, uh, and there are there are critics who say this is going to force some people to take chances that could come back to really haunt them in the form of accidents that cause serious injury and insufficient coverage. Uh, either from their car insurance or from their medical insurance. But talk about how this looks in other states where they kind of have similar plans and and protocols. Uh, This is a risk. There's no question about that. But this is also the way that many other states handle this. Yeah, many other states uh, do have uh, very similar systems. Uh, this is still a pretty um, going to still be probably one of the better um, coverage uh, systems because there'll be so many people who will try to remain uh, with the unlimited PIP coverage. But what happens now is you have a you go from a system where uh, if you are hit in a car accident, your bills are pretty much taken care of, uh, or if you hit somebody um, and you cause the accident. Uh, you are not going to be uh, legally liable. Um, now, in this new system, you could be legally liable. And and there's a, there's a second component of insurance. It's called bodily injury uh, coverage. And that, that coverage cover, covers when the, when the other driver sues you for what's known as pain and suffering lawsuits. And, and in the past, we've had uh, uh, coverage as little as $20,000 uh, for these pain and suffering lawsuits. Now the new law requires you to go to $250,000 of bodily injury uh, coverage or and or you have to f- uh, sign a form and and some insurer some insurance agents are really urging against this to go down to fifty thousand dollars of coverage and that covers you for if you hit someone and, and they sue you that's that's what your insurance company will pay for but they can also still take you to court for uh, and and get a get a judgment for even beyond that so it leaves people's personal assets a little more exposed uh, in this case if. You you, if you cause an accident, it's even more complicated, Stephen, if you're on a motorcycle. Um, but um, but that's that's we are really this is a sea change to to Michigan's auto insurance law. Um, and we are going to have uh, potentially some you know hiccups, I would imagine, as people uh, get used to it and then find out what it doesn't cover. And, and that's that, that's kind of the big rub here is. Yes, you're going to get savings. Uh, they're promising, uh, uh, you know, 100% savings if you if you downgrade and get rid of the PIP altogether. 
um, 100% only on the PIP portion. Um, 35% uh, if you go to the uh, uh, $250,000 plan and and 20% if you go to the $500,000 plan, but you also are getting less uh, benefits. And and so if, if you are, you know, w- uh, um, unfortunately catastrophically injured in a car accident, there's not going to be the same type of, of, of coverage as you had before. One of the bigger ones is is w- uh, loss of wages uh, in in the under the old system or uh, uh, still today system. Um, you can get 85% of your gross wages tax-free for up to three years. Um, that goes away if you opt out of personal injury protection uh, or, or, or downgrade to one of these lower plans. Uh, attendant care for in-home injuries, um, there's going to be new limitations on that uh, to so that your family members cannot get paid 24 hours a day uh, to take care of you. They'll be limited to 56 hours a week. Um, and, and so there's, there's a whole host of, of, of cost controls that are built into this. It's all designed to try to bring down that personal injury protection uh, costs, which had really uh, skyrocketed out of control in, the, in, pre, in pretty much the last two decades. Hmm. So uh, one of the things I think is true about this is that you, it's not – it's not terribly complicated to figure out what you should do, but you do need a fair amount of knowledge about your own situation and your own medical policies, your own medical insurance, in order to make the, the right decision. In other words, you really need to understand how much coverage you, you would still have through your, medical, uh, through your medical insurance if you dropped PIP, for instance, uh, off of your... Uh, off of your your auto insurance, and I, and I wonder what level of uh, of effort is is being made to make sure that people know how this all works, uh, or should they just be calling their insurance agents and asking these questions? Is there an effort to 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 make sure that people have the information they need to make these decisions? Yeah, um, there is been a really uh, scant amount of public um, awareness and public education. It's it's sort of amazing for, uh, it took a decade to get this reform th- uh, through the legislature. When I covered state capitol every day, uh, when I was at the Detroit News, every, every six months there was a fire drill at the capitol for no-fault reform, and then it would just die. Uh, Mike Duggan, when he, became, when he became mayor of Detroit, picked that up, picked up that mantle in 2014, and he'd go up there every six months and try to get something going. And, um, and then two weeks ago, the mayor held, held this uh, teletown hall or this video, um, uh, web, web webcast town hall, and he had a couple of uh, local experts on there. Uh, and and he really chastised the insurance companies for doing almost nothing to publicly educate um, uh, people on this that he worked with the insurance industry to get passed um, and, and, and sort of united with them while, um, uh, you know, sort of spurning his – his uh, former um, uh, industry, the, me- the healthcare industry, which he uh, uh, went uh, went head to head with with uh, D- uh, DMC and other other hospitals that that uh, 
oppose this. Um, but yeah, and then at the same time, it's basically come down to the insurance uh, agent level. Insurance agents have been just swamped for the last two months trying to do uh, personal consultations with with uh, clients. And some of them are out there just going and telling people not to opt out of, of PIP completely. They're really urging people not to do it uh, uh, because uh, of the, you know, just explaining the scenarios of what if you get in a car accident and you don't have this additional coverage. Um, and, 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 or they're also, Stephen, they've, they've carved out a whole new uh, line of business selling um, what's called umbrella plans on that bodily injury coverage mm -hmm. so that if you are in a car accident and you caused it and someone sues you, you have additional coverage to protect you uh, beyond what um, uh, what normal bodily injury covers if you are sued for you know a billion dollars or or whatnot and so um, they they have um, and that's that's basically responding to what's going to become a system of people who are going to be underinsured um, who are going to who are going to exhaust their own benefits and then they're going to go after the driver who, who hit them and try to get more uh, in order to cover their medical bills uh, whereas in the old system it was all covered. Uh, once you hit the $580,000 limit, you got put into the catastrophic claims fund. And that that fund, uh, known as the Michigan uh, Catastrophic Claims Association, MCCA, that fee uh, that everyone pays on their on their vehicle every year help pay for those long-term costs if you were severely injured and, and required millions of dollars of, of long-term care, either mm -hmm. in a facility or at home. And, and so that system is being completely disrupted tomorrow. Um, and, and by the way, if you if you opt out of PIP or you downgrade at all, you are no longer going to have to pay the MCCA fee of two hundred twenty dollars per vehicle that covers those um, that, those long term um, catastrophic injuries. Um, and if you are still in PIP, your your vehicle your your MCCA fee will go from two hundred twenty dollars per vehicle to one hundred dollars per vehicle. So if you're looking for savings around the edges. Um, there's your $10 per yeah. month, basically. Yeah, I'm talking with Chad Livengood, who's the senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about the auto insurance reforms that take effect tomorrow. What will they do to your rates, which are here in Detroit among the highest in the nation, still even all around the state, uh, among the highest rates that people pay for car insurance. Uh, also, how much do you know about the choices that you have? How educated are you about your current situation and what you could do to save yourself money now that the law is different? Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what questions you have about this new auto insurance law. How confident are you that you will get a reduction in rate because of this? Uh, and how do you think this new law maybe falls short? Are there other things that you think we ought to be doing to try to lower insurance rates here in Detroit and in the state of Michigan? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter and put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. We got a lot of Twitter comments, uh, Chad, and some of them are very specific questions. Uh, Mike on Twitter asks, "Can you opt for your health insurance to cover medical expenses and not your auto policy?" I think that's a pretty basic question, and it suggests again that there's just not a lot of information out there about how this works. So, so let's answer Mike's question there. 
Yes, you can if your if your um, health insurance will cover car accident and, uh, injuries uh, and and those types of related uh, rehab uh, uh, and and therapies. Uh, but but it will depend, and it will it may not be as robust um, as and 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 it may, it may have caps caps and limitations, unlike uh, no fault, uh, which did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's one of the the things that has to be sort of considered. Um, and that's also one of the reasons, well, one of the motivations behind the law was that all of the um, uh, modern uh, efficiencies that we have in our healthcare system do not exist in this no-fault system. There was no uh, rate schedules. Um, doctors and medical providers and hospitals were able to charge just about whatever the insurance company would, would, was willing to pay, uh, or they would just end up in, in court. And we had a proliferation of lawsuits, particularly here in Southeast Michigan, and all that just kind of drove up the cost. Uh, back in 2017, I did a I did a story that looked at uh, data from uh, uh, the beginning of the deck of the of the century, 2000 to 2013, um, and we had just astronomical 280 percent increase in cost per per car accident. Our I average claim in Michigan was seventy five thousand dollars. The mm. next highest state was thirteen thousand uh, dollars. I mean, it was basically rivaled flood insurance claims, wow. um, and and so that was one of the main motivations behind this law was to rein in these medical costs. Um, but also now, you you if you go and opt out and go to you know just rely on your Blue Cross plan or your Aetna plan, they may not cover everything that uh, that your state farm and triple a plan would have covered yeah um tobias on twitter says asks can insurers cut michigan's 220 dollars per vehicle catastrophic claims fee to achieve the mandated price reductions which means that they aren't really lowering total premiums by significant amounts um, this is in dispute. Um, uh, th- there, there is some uh, legal analysis that believes that they, that they can get away with that. That they, that they, in the past, um, there's an, a legal argument that that the that the MCCA fee was just another portion of your PIP, and it was just rolled in to begin with. Or, or, and so there's going to be some. I think there's going to be a court battle over this, uh, uh, and whether this, uh, and that. And I just think there's going to have to be probably some judge that decides um, whether this 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 can count towards the average uh, reduction or not. Yeah, uh, Stephen on Twitter says I decided to see what it would cost me to get Michigan quote since I'm fifty fifty Michigan Florida Florida monthly payment one hundred and ninety three dollars Michigan monthly payment seven hundred nineteen dollars. Uh, I'll stick with Florida. I think there are a lot of people who still, if you compare us to other states find Michigan really, really wanting in terms of uh, the money that we pay for uh, for auto insurance. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Chad Livengood, and we will get to your calls. 313-577-1019 is the number if you want to join Aaron and Jefferson Chalmers and Crystal and St. Clair Shores. We'll also get to more of our Twitter comments. Stay with us on Detroit Today.
WDET delivers trusted news, inclusive conversations, and cultural experiences that empower the community. 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Talking with Chad Livengood here on Detroit Today. He is a senior editor at Cranes Detroit Business, and we're talking about the monumental changes to auto insurance here in the state of Michigan, which take effect tomorrow after years and years of debate about it. The governor and the Republican legislature finally came to agreement about a deal to restructure auto insurance in our state and give people at least the opportunity to pay a little less. Of course, we pay among the highest rates in the country here in Detroit and all around the state for auto insurance. This legislation is aimed at giving us all a break. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Aaron in Jefferson Chalmers. Aaron, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Chad. Hello, Stephen. Hey. I called my insurance agent last week. I'm a city of Detroit resident on the east side. And I said I want the lowest possible rate, lowest possible tip just to stay legal. Insurance is so high out here. And she said that if I decrease my tip, I would actually have to pay more money. And I would get absolutely no relief from this reform. I was disappointed to say the least. I'm wondering, did I not say the magic words when I talked to my agent? I was really disappointed. <laughs> what, what, what was the explanation that they offered you for that, Aaron? They didn't offer one oh, on they the didn't. phone. No, my suspicion is they raised other portions of the uh, coverage to make up for losses hmm. in other areas. Yeah, that's a great, that's a, I'm, I'm glad you called and shared that experience. I mean, it's not a great uh, example. It's a bad one for you. Uh, but but uh, Chad Livengood, explain how that could happen. Is it that insurers are are reluctant, perhaps, to give people breaks and say, well, if you reduce PIP, well, we got to charge you for these other things? Well, so there's there's other parts of, parts of insurance that can go up, uh, collision and comprehensive, uh, which have been in, increasing in recent years partly because of, of uh, insurer, insurer's claim, uh, because of uh, increase in accidents caused by uh, distracted driving. Uh, so it, it all it depends on whether they have the, the actuarial uh, justified um, uh, rates, or, excuse me, whether they can actuarially justify their rate increases. Mm-hmm. And, and the new law does have some new teeth uh, for the uh, state insurance uh, commissioner's office. They, for the first time, we're going from what is known as a file and use system where the insurance companies <clears throat> simply filed their rates and then just started using them uh, without any oversight or uh, a lot, very little checks and balances. I once wrote about how there was only one actuary at the state of Michigan who was in charge of like a $15 billion property casualty in- insurance industry mm-hmm. um, in Michigan. And, um, and now they're, they have hired about half 
dozen firms uh, that are going to be on uh, on call for uh, evaluating rates, and they have uh, now is now a system of file and approve where the insurance companies have to get prior approval in order to start using those those rates but um you know every situation is going to be different uh we, we, as people get uh, evaluated if you have a driving record that can be used against you um and 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 there are still other factors now one th- which thing we ought to talk about is is that the uh, the the use of non-driving factors uh, in 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 setting insurance rates goes away? Um, insurers can no longer charge you more uh, for only having a high school degree because uh, in the past they would give a lawyer with a JD um, a, a discount, uh, and that same person living at that same address with the same car would get charged more if they if they only had uh, had graduated high school, um, and they can no longer charge you more for for being uh, a single woman uh, which was a very big case if you anybody who's uh, uh, women who have been divorced have experienced that their car insurance rates literally would go up uh, the month after their husband would leave the house uh, and that 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 goes away now the, also the territorial zip codes uh, which is often acute, uh, you know, uh, framed as, as as redlining uh, particular areas. That is no longer allowed under the law, but the insurance companies got a little loophole in there that they can still create different types of territories. So some insurers are creating census tract mm-hmm. level territories that are even smaller mm-hmm. uh, than, than a zip code and, and setting rates based on that, or they're combining a couple of zip codes together. So the, the territorial rate setting uh, has not gone away as mayor Mike Duggan was on the pro on your program earlier this week. And he, he talked about if he'd had his way, he would have one rate for the entire state, one baseline rate, basically, uh, so that people in Traverse City would charge the same as people in Detroit. Uh, he made it kind of clear that's going to be his next battle uh, in the legislature, and I, I, I've already kind of framed it as the third term um, uh, agenda uh, because that's a long, hard slog to get that kind of uh, reform uh, to to, um, to get past this legislature. Yeah. Um, again, Aaron, I hope that uh, you're able to work that out. A little better with your insurance company. Thanks very much for the call, though, and the question. Let's go to Crystal in St. Clair Shores. Crystal, welcome to today. Hey, go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, so, sorry for the background noise. I am driving into work. Um, so, less of a question and more of a comment. Uh, but in 2011, uh, my mom was catastrophically injured when she was at a stoplight. And the truck behind her hit some black ice, and uh, unfortunately, the car accident rendered her quadriplegic. Um, if this injury had happened at any other time, uh, in any other way, in any other state, she wouldn't have been able to enjoy the quality of life that she had when she was still alive. So I would caution people, I know it's expensive, mm-hmm. but whatever protection you can have, you really really should make sure you do Um, because one day things could just suddenly change and your entire life is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crystal, I really appreciate your calling and, and sharing that story. Chad Livengood, this is the downside to these changes. This is the risk that people are taking if they drop hip coverage and don't have the kind of medical coverage 
that would that would provide for you know the millions of dollars in some cases that people need in care after after a catastrophic accident. And the the, the truth is, I think if most of us looked at our medical policies, we don't have that kind of backup. It it, it doesn't exist there. Yeah, and this is uh, going to be one of the uh, the decisions that people are going to have to make. And and what inevitably what's what's likely to happen is that people in lower income communities and households are going to try to save money uh, just because this and these insurance bills are already kind of killing them their monthly budget. And then people in affluence and suburban areas are are going to uh, say, "I can afford this. You know, I'm not going to take I'm going to take the risk," oh, or they're they're going to think about you know you know the, the trade offs here of a hundred dollars a month savings is kind of small compared to if I was in a car catastrophically you know uh, injured accident and I needed a million dollars of coverage uh, um, to to cover all my all my injuries to have rehab and such. So uh, we we will likely have um, two different uh, types of, of, of class of, of people with insurance in this state uh, as it as relates to, to car uh, car insurance and that's you know that's that, that some people see that as a backward step uh, and that, that'll be a big test to this uh, and whether this really works um, and, and and also um, there's different types of coverage I mean people have like I said before your health care coverage your med- your blue cross may cover one thing but if you're on medicare they don't cover it um and 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 so there's going to be a lot of uh, trade-offs that people are going to have to kind of weigh here mm-hmm. uh we were going to t- have a conversation about a couple news items uh as well today chad we've run out of uh, time for all of them but i do want to talk about governor whitmer yesterday changing the name of the lewis cass building in the state capitol complex in, Le- in lansing it's going to be called the Elliot Larson Building, named after the sponsors of Michigan's Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act, both uh, former Republican state rep Melvin Larson and former Democratic state rep De- Daisy Elliott. This is the first time in Michigan's history that a state building has named has been named after a black woman. Talk about the significance of this move, which uh, the governor didn't really signal before she did it, uh, and talk about what it sort of portends for this conversation about statues and monuments and schools that are named for uh, figures who were involved in slavery and and other uh, really, really awful institutions in our history and whether this is the first step to really rethinking all of that. Well, it does it does seem like the first step, and it definitely was out of the blue. Uh, nobody, and, you know, the governor hadn't uh, telegraphed it. It wasn't like the debate over over TCF Center, formerly Cobo Center, over removing Albert Cobo's name from it, uh, which was a you know, years long public debate. Um, I wrote a column a year ago for Cranes uh, suggesting that it was time to remove Lewis Cass uh, from. Uh, Michigan's uh, representation in the in the uh, Hall of Statutes uh, in the U.S. Capitol. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Lewis Cass is 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 representing the the uh, Democratic Party, um, and uh, Gerald Ford, President Ford, is is the Republican uh, representing. He he replaced uh, Zachary Chandler, uh, former mayor of Detroit, in mm-hmm. uh, Chandler Park, and and. Uh, be, 
in part, you know, Lewis Cass was a slave owner. Lewis Cass was uh, uh, the architect of, uh, of, 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 of Andrew Jackson's um, Trail of Tears uh, and also uh, was, was, um, was one of the vo- most vocal uh, proponents, basically the spokesman for popular, popular sovereignty to let mm-hmm. uh, Western uh, uh, territories decide whether they wanted to uh, have slavery. And, and so um, I, I suggested at the time that – you know, it was, it was a couple of months after John Dingell had passed that the former longtime congressman, uh, longest serving member of Congress uh, in U.S. history, sh- should probably be uh, uh, enshrined in the Capitol somehow. And that would be the that would be a good way for him to represent both Michigan's values and the Democratic Party. Um, and and it does seem that now that. Lewis Cass is, is uh, maybe facing a reckoning uh, of sorts, um, whether we're going to, you know, rename counties and cities and and, uh, and one of the best high schools in Detroit uh, is probably uh, up for debate. But um, but things like the Cass building, um, th- that that seemed like a really good uh, first place to start here. Mm. OK, Chad Livengood, senior editor of Crane's Detroit Business. is always great to have you with us here on Detroit Today. Thanks for being here for this conversation. Thanks for having me, Stephen. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at how Donald Trump is going to have to change his rhetoric in response to his presumptive opponent, Joe Biden, who, like Donald Trump, is a white man. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Hey. 